when things build up, your brain's not working the way it should be. You know, most people I talk to have gone through periods where they were suicidal. They, they tend to be closeted gay men right. uh, who, have, who have kids. Who do you talk to when you start realizing all these things? You certainly can't talk to your, your wife about this stuff. I mean, when you're just trying to piece things together, who do you go to? We aspire to become awakened beings, to live in harmony with the truth of life. From Vast Noodle Media, I'm Trent Bell. This is Knowing and Believing, a podcast about how we believe. Thanks again for tuning in, listening to you on the podcast, or uh, tuning in on YouTube to uh, Knowing and Believing. And uh, today is a, a pretty interesting interview for me because um, I'm speaking with Brian Baudet, architect extraordinaire here <laughs> in Kennebunk. Right? I am, yep. Yeah. Both you and I spoke at Main Live. I had no idea beyond interacting with you as a client, I had no idea about your personal life. And you shared your personal story that's been uh, formative, I mean, and, and a huge part of your life. Uh, you shared that publicly at Main Live. And I thought it would be really interesting to be able to sit down and talk with you because your situation it has fingers or effects into my life. Uh, in, a, in a huge way. Um, the question of my faith began when I started to realize and get to know people that I knew were gay, that were openly gay. Because I grew up in a very uh, conservative, um, literal religion that had a prepackaged kind of, here's what gay people are, and here's how God feels about gay people, LGBTQ, you name it. I don't think that people were really thinking about it. They had just been fed that line and maybe some had thought about it and knew better. But that culture, it was just bred and shared. And I absorbed that and really didn't think beyond that because it just didn't affect me. And I think the core of what I was being taught, you know, around teachings of Christ ran contradictory to that to look mm. for those who might not be as fortunate as you within a situation. And where I should have been thinking, what about the kids that are my age that we knew were gay, but we still teased them? We were not nice to them uh, in, in many ways. And that must have been so incredibly painful for them at that you know, incredibly impressionable and vulnerable age for you know, me to to be doing that to other kids. And it wasn't until I got into my 20s that I started to think about that. And then people that I started to get to know that were gay, if I got close enough to them to have the opportunity to talk to them and say, tell me about you and, and your background and did you always know this? And everything I started to hear and learn and really walk with these people and experience their lives uh, ran contrary to what I was told. That was a moment of cognitive dissonance for me where the ideas I held did not agree with my experience. And I had that moment of, am I going to just brush this off and take the millions of people that are born into a similar religious culture as me and not say my piece? Am I just going to continue being comfortable 
and ignore their plight. When about was that roughly? You know, the era in your life. I would say easily in my twenties mm-hmm. when I really started to think about it. Yeah. And the first, the first person that I knew was gay, that I was of an age of maturity where I wasn't just like he, you know. Yeah. And he was a really just genuine nice guy. He was working at a Christian summer camp, and he was the most social, nice guy. He was just a, a beautiful person, and I wasn't like threatened by him or anything like that but i was just thinking like why do i hold this idea of this person Mm -hmm. and why am i not challenging it yet i am upholding this religion and culture and everything else that you know uh, arguably puts people in danger that are born into that culture it puts a stigma on a person forming their identity as a child to think that there's this group of people out there that think they know God and have this idea about a way I was born that I had no choice in. It's just me. I just don't know how I could continue down that path in a clear conscience. And so that began the, the first part of really reconsidering the things I was holding as, as true. You know, I got to the point of just not buying that line anymore that I was fed. Uh, and realizing, am I going to stay in this religion and lend my money, support, time, uh, reputation, whatever, uh, to that religion? Now, that being said, there's a ton of beautiful people, intelligent people, incredibly well-intentioned people in there that just mm-hmm. haven't thought about it. Right. You know. Um, yeah, my parents included in that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... I'm not, you know, trying to harp on that um, entire thing and say everyone in there is this. What I am trying to say to people still in that position is before you continue within this religion, uh, make sure you have some gay friends that you actually care for and communicate with and have dinner with and spend time with and get to know and see if you still come away feeling the same way about that. So back to why you're here. I, I had interacted with you over a decade ago and had no clue that you had been in the closet up till fairly recently. Seven years ago. Yeah. Seven years ago. And um, I heard about it and I was like, whoa, no clue because I knew your situation and, and everything. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but then saw your main live talk mm-hmm. and it was very touching. Uh, we'll have Thank a you. link to that main live talk below in the description notes and everything else of this. And you can go and watch that. You shared with me, it's, it's been a way for you to offer a lot of hope to other people mm-hmm. who have gone through this and we'd love to hear about that. I'm going to try and shut up now and, and stop going <laughs> yeah, on. I'm but, enjoying this, but I'd, <clears throat> I'd really love to, to hear your story of how society and religious views have um, influenced, formed, let you down, mm-hmm. ha- have hurt, and, and how you've been able to um, come past that or not able to come past it in some instances, maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. No, I, I, I can relate very much with you. I was raised a very de- devout Catholic. You know, I'm, I'm one of six kids. My parents, by the way, are awesome, and they have evolved enormously in the seven years since I've come out. 
Um, but they are very religious. I was very religious, you know, up until uh, freshman year in high school, I wanted to be a priest. Um, really? Oh, yeah. No, I, I took my faith very, very seriously. I went to Catholic schools. I went to a public high school, but then I went back to a, a Jesuit school, Boston College, mm. which was, you know, quite religious as well. Um, by that point, though, I had, I had, you know, pretty much separated myself from the Catholic Church. But, um, you know, it, it, it's very interesting. You know, I don't, like you said, I don't think people meant any harm in teaching what they thought was the truth based on, you know, what they interpreted the Bible to be. Right. Um, but the, the, the harmful effect that it had is I had no clue growing up that I was gay. I mean, I just didn't understand it. You know, this is prepubescent years that, right. I mean, how could you possibly understand what that is when, when your body's not reacting in that way yet? Yeah, the hormones aren't telling you, you right. know, sexual attraction. It's yeah, just... so I mean, you know, I, I, I did feel different than, than, you know, your typical boy, I guess. Like I, but I think a lot of people always feel a little bit different. I mean, I guess, I'm guessing. I don't know if, if you did as a straight man but when you were a boy. But I, I always felt like I was on the perimeter of the boys' groups. Yeah, uh, yeah. and I, now, I grew up any with... Any reason why? Like behaviorally or interests or... Well, I, I, I was very close to my sister growing up. She was a yep. year older than me. And all of our friends on that in that neighborhood were, were girls mm -hmm. and so I, I just learned how to bond with girls um, you know that said I was a boy scout and I did you know I, I loved it and um, you know had some had some friends in that I just never really felt really close friends you know like I, I would yeah. go and camp and play you know hockey play kickball and all that stuff but I always felt like I was on the perimeter of all these groups of boys mm -hmm. uh, but that's as far as it went I you know as far as what that meant I I there was no way I could have figured that out until later in my life. Um, so, but what it did is, you know, it was like that little slow peck, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't remember a sermon where, you know, the, the wrath of God was, you know, thou shalt not sleep with other men. And it was like this big deal, like I've, I've heard in other religions, but it was there, you know, it was, right. it was very clearly there. And, and the comments that were made, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like the, the, you know, somebody would pass and they're like, you know, smirk a little bit. And, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, that I noticed probably more than anything. And that happened in the church. Like I, yeah. there were, you know, there were some, uh, along the way, there were plenty of effeminate men that, you know, that would get that wrath uh, behind the, their backs, of course. It was never to their faces. Yeah, you I, know, had, so, I had my own moment of thinking that one of the kids in our grade school, like, wasn't sitting right behind me, and he was. And I, I forget what I said, but it was something like that. And I turned around, and, you know, he was right there just looking at me. And, yeah. I mean, at the time, I was, I felt bad at the time, but I look back on it now, and I just... But you know what? I mean, you you didn't necessarily know any better. I mean, this is this is, you know, everybody. You know, we're in a culture, we're in a community, and and we're we're, we're trying to fit in. You know, and that's yeah, that's sort of our early years is is what that's all but about. That's what seems so dangerous to me yeah. is that here's a, a child, man or woman, born and then realizing who they are, right? And they're trying to fit in. Children just want to fit in and be accepted within a peer group and within their family, but then we take these spiritual cultures and set up these very literal, very objectively, supposedly objective stances on everything, and it puts them on the outside. And at yeah. that tender age, to think like, 
I can't be on the inside with my family, with peer groups. And, and I remember as a straight white male not being invited to things that I wished my friends would invite me to. And like that what? was just like, devastating. Like people would go over to someone else's house, like a friend's house, and I wouldn't get the invite. Oh, just oh, like, just not having yeah. to do with LGBT, just in yeah, general. No, got just it, like got some, it. Yeah. you know, n really nothing, you know? Right. And it would just crash <laughs> my world for like a couple days. Yeah. Now, like take that and make it like, oh, I'm born a certain way that these people that I wish I was part of don't accept me. And you see where it pushes, you know, kids to suicide because oh, yeah. they're just looking for acceptance. And that... That right there is the real danger that I don't think people are getting. No, and and I th I think it's changing slowly but surely. And I think yeah. I I think your point about you know going out and and you know meeting people and and getting to know somebody before you have these conversations. Right. I, I think that applies with religion, with race, with just about anything. I think I think people inherently fear the others. You know, like oh, it's yeah. us and them. Yeah. Yeah. And unless they educate themselves and 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 really get to know that other group, it's always going to be a them and it's and it's always going to create fear and, and anger and you know right. and I think that's that's what's happened. I th I think, you know, again, I, I most of my family, I love my family. I'm from a huge extended family. Well, you're Catholic. I'm Catholic. And, and that's reason, right. That's big, right. Big families. I mean, it's and and I I love most of them, you know, and I think they mean well. Um, you know, but they I th I think in in the teachings, I think the church and the and the community I think they feared their kids, kids meaning the village kids, they feared them going off into a perverted, you know, sort of, you know, dangerous lifestyle. And I think that's in their head what they really thought it was because right. they weren't educated and they didn't understand that you could live a, a beautiful existence just like straight people do yeah. in the gay, you know, right. being a gay, a gay right. person. And I think that's what's changing now is that right. I think the education is, is there. I think more and more people, the more people that come out, um, the more people have gay people in their families, you know? Right. So then there's a personal connection. And I think once that happens, it's sort of a grassroots like, oh, thing. Oh, wait, I really know this person. Right. And they're genuine and they have all the same hopes, fears, yeah. and dreams that I do. They're just gay. And, and oftentimes they already knew right. them, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. even even more reasons so that that's why... You know, it's it's great that so many people are coming out, and I think that's what's changed the environment um, so quickly. And uh, you know, so people are, have that personal connection, and 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 I think they they educate themselves once they have somebody in their lives that they love, and they realize, right. oh, you know, this we, isn't this demon that they thought it was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just raving pervert demon. No, <laughs> it's just I'm, we're wired differently, and that's yeah. a, that's also an interesting discussion I've, that I've never really had or even thought much about but is there any like what is the difference in people that that a person is born one way or the other there's no theory there is, i don't else. think there i is. had a conversation with a friend of mine once and and who was gay and and he was telling me about an article that he had read that had kind of explored an evolutionary uh what would you call it an evolutionary argument for or explanation about like um, a biological reason yeah, for like it yes if there's you know some intelligence yeah. and evolution in that you know whatever that some of the audience right now is like ah, pause <laughs> done, not watching but um that you'd have an advantage 
were some of your men not married and having to take care of, you know, and, and you, you have more strong male. It's kind of like you have drone, more drone bees to protect exactly. the hive. It's like yeah. we've got more men that are not obligated to these children. They're more obligated to the community all of a sudden. Yes. And, and this was uh, just, I'm assuming, like an exploratory explanation of uh, homosexuality. And it was interesting to hear this person say that. But then at the same time, I had this, I could be wrong, but I had this realization that what he had found in that was, um, I don't know, felt really sad to me, but it sounded like he had found a reason for him. Like he didn't know why he had gone through uh, all this pain and rejection right. and everything else, but maybe beyond this immediate um, culture and everything else, there's a there's a reason for me. There's a purpose for me, and that was really hard for me to. Well, I, I went through and that. I didn't even ask him. Yeah, but, I, but I think I think most people, most gay men. I mean, I've I've had these conversations with a lot yeah. of uh, gay men, um, which is great. So now now that I'm out, I can just I, I've just my understanding of everything about myself has mm. grown exponentially because I can just put it out there now. Right. And chances are, if there's a room full of gay men chances are they experienced 90% of, of what I went through. So right. it's almost like you have instant bonding, you know? Right, you, right. Just, just the fact that you were raised oh, yeah. as, a, as a closeted gay man in, in our generation, it's like you fought in the same dugout. I mean, uh, what do you call those? Foxholes. <laughs> Fox like, yeah, yeah, you know, totally. it's just you have that connection. And uh, it's pretty, and, you know, and, and I think you know, there's, I always look for silver linings. You know, there's tons of silver linings. I think when people are marginalized, they they develop a sense of empathy for others that I don't think they could possibly have learned unless they were somehow marginalized or 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 you know no, one of yeah, their yeah. loved ones was marginalized and and you know what I mean I think you almost have to go through that in order to truly feel the pain of others right um, I find um, areas where I personally fail I realize. I realize a lot more forgiveness towards other people. And you start to realize y you got to give people a little more grace here, Trent, you know, and not uh, be so judgmental all the time. Well, I, I mean, I don't think you're a judgmental person and I give you tons of credit give for what you're time. doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, the fact that you're, you're, you're putting this out there in the general public is, is really incredible. Um, well, the more, the more I fail, the, the, <laughs> the more I learn. I mean, it, it, it really is a, um, it's just like failure teaches you so much yeah. and, yeah. and, and going through those moments of pain does make you so much more empathetic to others. I, I, first of all, I think everybody has been marginalized in some, in some way, way or form. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I don't think I am, you know, me being a gay man puts me at some sort of elite group of, of victims. <laughs> you know, elite, I definitely don't feel that way. <laughs> no, it, uh, it, I think we all have, you know, had troubles. And I think, uh, the ones that can, you know, tap into that and, 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 you know, learn empathy. I, I, I really give them a lot of credit for, for doing so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But my, you know, this, and I, I've been marginalized, not just for being gay. I mean, you know, I've been marginalized for not, you know, throwing a ball correctly, which has, you know, really nothing to do with being gay or just 
so many other things, you know, right. maybe I, I wasn't like the, the, a certain kind of student in architecture school. So I was marginalized for that. You know, right. it's just, it, it, I could go on and on throughout my life. And I think everybody has experiences and, uh, you know, kind of gives them a little bit of, um, insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder how, how people react. I think that's a, a huge, um, not marker, but it's a huge point in life when you fail or when you're marginalized what do you do with that right yeah do you take that failure learn from it and actually you know turn it into something that you can learn from and Mm -hmm. share i've found that sharing failures and sharing weakness is is a very uh cathartic and empowering uh absolutely yeah um but it doesn't make me any more comfortable when i wake up in the middle of the night scared that there is no God, <laughs> yeah. but, but at the same time, it, it is a better existence than when I was kind of just towing a company line yeah. and just conflicted and confused. Mm-hmm. So I have to a degree, a uh, better connection with people now that I'm out of the closet questioning yeah. religiously and I connect with people more so around that. Well, first of all, there's so many closets. (laughs) Good point. point. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, I I think you're, you're, you're dead on there. Yeah. So growing up when you, when you came to a point of, was there a point when you realized like it hit you? Oh man, I'm gay. It was there a point? No, even even when I came out seven years ago, I thought I was still bisexual. I mean, that's no. how confused I was. We, and you know, backing and why up a do little you bit, think that, yeah. Do you think that is well. Th- this is you know, this is one of my one of my favorite like thought processes with, with the whole gay thing is, you know, I, I, growing up, I, I was certainly wired to be gay. I am gay. I'm not bisexual. I'm I'm gay. And I know I've been wired this way Full since the gay. day. You know, Absolutely. The There's <laughs> no, no questioning it. But it took years to get to that point. But I look back and, and the, the, you know, that's, that's the way it was. But, you know, like trying to fit into society, I had to learn how to be straight. Subconsciously, mm-hmm. I was taught how to be straight. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, when, when somebody questions, you know, like the fact that it's almost, it's almost like can you know if somebody has a hard time with me being gay like let's say a guy comes up to me and talks to me about that well what if i forced him to have sex with another man i mean in a way that's yeah. what that's what the community did to me no, with I, women i've often thought about that it's that if the same I was born into a world where gay was the norm and i was straight yeah but it, it wouldn't be quite so odd to then have to make myself be gay because there would be all the social pressures but i would still be like but I'm so attracted to this, not that. But see, then you would be the minority, or yeah, you would exactly. be you would be exactly. the out, the right. outsider. Like I was the outsider. So so I learned how to be straight, and and I thought I was pretty damn good at it. Good. <laughs> like, well, you had me fooled. I I didn't. Well, think I mean, of and it. I and I'm not trying to fool anybody. But like, but you know, I was good at soccer. I was good at tennis. I was good at hockey. I was good at sports. So okay, check. Yeah. You know, and I dated lots of girls in high school. Check. You know, it's like I I I did certain things that. I felt like there's no way I can be gay. You know, it's like but I, I I'm but so I still good question at it. There's <laughs> right. a quote. So good at, like talking with these women too. There's no way. All right, that's gonna be the quote for the podcast. I was so good at soccer. There's no way. I can be gay. Oh, I, I look great in those soccer shorts. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
Okay, I digress. So, <laughs> but it, you know, it's it's fascinating to think about that. I actually learned how to be straight. Therefore, any straight man could learn to be gay. Technically, oh, yeah. Yeah, no. you know, technically, Were it would the never happen. But societal pressure is just different, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's 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 it seems to me like people who have just a hard time understanding the whole homosexuality thing. You know, when I finally throw it out there like that, I think it I think it, it connects with them a little bit more, like realizing. Yeah, that if, it at least gives them a point to contrast it with. And right. Like, oh, whoa, we did that to you. Man, yeah, I'm exactly. Sorry. Oh, there's no way I could have sex with yeah. a man. You know, yeah. well, you know, well, welcome guess to what? my life. I, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, but, you know, we have come so far. And, and I, I, you know, some of these conversations, I, I don't remember... You know, it's happened maybe a few times where people came up to me and actually asked questions like that. It's always a little shocking, but, um, really? you know, where they're, they're truly like almost doubting the fact that you're gay, you know, like, like I would ever do this show, just show for the hell your, of it. Show me your, uh, show me your union card. <laughs> my gay really, card. No, no. Yeah, no, right. Here, yeah. Card. Yeah. I just, I wasn't sure. So I just came out. Yeah. yeah. No, that doesn't happen. It's just, just try, such I just a process. Try something else, I, you know. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. But, you know, I have, uh, you know, as far as bringing it back to the religion is um, it was um, I actually it wasn't the gay thing that turned me away from from religion. It was uh, when I was getting confirmed. I was going to a public high school at the time, even though I did a lot of Catholic schooling. Um, and when you're in public school, we got confirmed which is, uh, do you know what being confirmed is? It's, it's kind of like Catholic baptism, is it? Yeah, or? but it, it's you're an, you're an adult. So whereas okay. baptism, you're like somebody's. Yeah, but now like, you're the one that's committing to the religion for life. Got it. So okay. it's like marrying the church at, as an adult. You're making that decision. So sure. we, we did it in, I think, junior year in high school. So I was about 16 years old, and we had to do catechism, which is, you know, if you, if you don't go to a Catholic school where you're learning theology, you have to go to a special class at the church and they teach you theology, okay. you know, their religion. Yep. And I had this phenomenal teacher who actually covered all the different religions, um, you know, because he wanted to make sure that we understood other religions so that we're making the correct choice in saying, okay, I choose the Catholic Church. It's a, it's a fair point. Which surprises yeah. me when I think back. I wonder yeah. if they knew he was teaching. Right. <laughs> and he, I remember the last assignment before our confirmation, he said... Um, I want you to go home and I want you to write a list of questions of anything you're doubting, you know, because which which is great. Of course, I probably took it more seriously than anybody. I think I'm the only one that even had questions. I had a list of 10 questions, you know, and and I wish I had saved it. But one of the questions was, you know, why was it so important for the Mary to be a virgin if God, you know, created us? And, you know, like things things like that, just thought provoking things. And he didn't have an answer for, for any of them. And I was like, hmm. You know, you like, walked away like I'm gonna get an A. <laughs> but that was a week before I'm supposed to promise that I'm gonna be in this religion for yeah, life. Yeah, that's, that's so, not good. You know, so of course I, I went through the, the the ritual, but it was it was that point that I mm. started doubting, and and I am very spiritual um, in my life, but I'm not uh, I'm not religious. I don't right. follow a doctrine right. of any kind. I'm coming um, to that. Very and I'm not preaching like that's just how I arrived, but it was not just something that just happened, you know, without thought. I, I dug deep. I, yeah. I, you know, learned about Buddhism. I went to the UU church. I, you know, I went to all these other churches to try and find this new faith that I was going to tap into. And mm. I, I just, you know, I, I just it slowly evolved. And, and this is my thinking. Again, it's nobody else's. It's, it's what I've come to is that my mind 
you know, I, I, I liken my mind to a cell on my hand. Like that cell has no idea that it's part of this body. Right. And right. I think my brain just, just can't comprehend that I'm part of something much, much bigger than, than, yeah. than this. So I'm, I, I just, I let it go. And I was like, I just know I won't understand it ever. And I just, so that gives me the peace of like, I know something's out there. I don't, I can't explain it. Yeah. So, not, you know, and it's interesting when you say that a lot of people take the word thing to mean a singular kind of encapsulated mm-hmm. size of yeah. something. It's a thing we can put our hands on it or, you know, no, it's energy. It. I mean, I, I believe yeah. it's energy because uh, you can't create or destroy energy. So somehow I, I feel like it's wrapped up in energy yeah. and I don't, I just, that's as far as I go. You yeah, know? Otherwise I, it starts driving me crazy. I'm, I'm there last two weeks ago. I, I had the, Probably the best existential crisis I've ever had so far, but <laughs> it, it, it is a, um, when you really start to uh, emotionally embrace the questions. I have a hard time explaining this, but you can know facts, but then emotionally accept them. Yeah. And yeah, that gut, that sort of inner yeah, voice. Like, do, I, do I buy that? Do I not buy that? Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, I think the, the emotional door opening for some of those questions that are deeply troubling that you don't have an answer for. And then I think is the point where if you're going to have faith, it's a choice to live in the tension between uh, the ability to objectively know that there's a God and claiming that, you know, there is not anything to, I think it's a point of maturity to embrace living in that tension. And that's, that's really hard. And that, but it's really hard, but I think it's, it's so important. And, and to me, it's, it's more spiritual. The mm. fact that you're even challenging or anybody is actually challenging their faith tells me that it's, it's important enough that they're willing to be uncomfortable with the topic, you know, and that, that to me speaks volumes about that person. I feel like they're more spiritual than people who just, you know, just automatically go to church once a week and just sit in the pew and listen to a sermon once a week. You know, it's like, I, I had an interesting thought recently about, um, and it applies kind of to what you're saying. I was riding my bike, listening to a podcast, and uh, I had this thought about the difference between uh, community and tribalism. Mm. Both groups of people. The thing that uh, evens out and is so good about community um, is like someone will be losing a parent one day, but at the same time, someone's having a child. And that pain and that joy throughout the mm. community, if you're close, they, they're, they're like a net that evens it out. It's never going to go too deep. You can be losing that mother, but your close friend is having a baby and you can mm. really, that community is there. And in that really uh, just, it's a unifying thing. And, and it's based on the principles of love and sharing and giving and support. It's based around all those things and embracing what's possible, embracing the pain, embracing the joy and the love. Whereas if you then go to tribalism, same deal, you got a group of people, um, but it's very exclusionary. Uh, And it's very our way and our way only. And we're going to approach um, the entirety of this life as a we can attempt to control it because we've got a tribe and a system of doing things and that'll make us within our own abilities take on life and tame it you know Mm -hmm. and i think when in a community when you can accept love and go with just 
I, I hate saying stuff like this, but go with the flow of yeah. love. I'm not a hippie or whatever. <laughs> that sounds good. Compared to like, we've got a regimented way of doing things right. as a tribe and we're going to go right over life and we're going to conquer it. There's a difference there. Yeah. And, and if I take, you know, the spiritual books that I was raised on being the Bible and look at what it teaches, it, tribalism is not in there mm-hmm. yet. Religion has created that. Yeah. And it's the things like, you know, homophobia that tribalism brings to the table, in my opinion. And I think there is tribalism in the Bible. Uh, and I think there are, you know, ways of interpreting the Bible or just blatant things in the Bible that are not good. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a reinterpreting of the Bible that I think is uh, currently going on uh, in the general consciousness of right. people that care about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's uh, it's an interesting thing that I was just kind of riding my bike and I stopped and I was like I gotta write this down. This is weird. Yeah, no, but, it's 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 a cool, you know, I, I, it's a cool comparison and I and I think it brings light to things, you know, especially when you when you're dealing with with the Bible is you know like I I I do know the Bible being Catholic. I you know we we got to know it very well, and you know I don't believe in Jesus Christ. I believe there could have been somebody like Jesus Christ. And I think he would have, this is going to sound horrible, but I think he could have been a gay man. Like, like when I think Why of somebody, so horrible? I mean, somebody who's sensitive, really and, sensitive and friendly <laughs> right. people. And, and we're open to marginalized people, you know, yeah. and, and, and there is a lot of scripture that describes him as being just that. And he, you know, why was he being outcast? Why was, why were these groups of men following him? I mean, I I don't want to get too far down that, you know, but he, he, you know, the, 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 you know, Mary Magdalene, I mean, welcome anybody who's on the outskirts. Right. He that was what he was about, and that's what the teachings were supposed to be about. To me, that's like so beautiful that the that to me, the the inclusion, like you see the the pictures of like black Jesus, exactly. It's like, exactly, Jesus. That, yeah, this is my like some days I'm an atheist, honestly, and some days I hope there's a God, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm still kind of like middle and far right, and I don't like the days when I'm far right, like whatever you want to call it, atheist. They don't feel nice, yeah. I feel like I'm cutting what's possible off, yeah, but right, um, yeah, the beauty in in that it is the relating to you know and which is really what the religion i mean that's the basis to a lot of these religions is you know be kind to people basically oh, yeah. love love others as you'd love yourself i mean what happened to those messages you know it's like i i, I feel I, like that got lost in the last generation probably longer than that but uh well if, if you look into like the kind of the birth of fundamentalism in the early 1900s things like uh Jehovah's Witness, Seventh-day Adventist, Mormonism, the Fox Sisters, there was a whole spirituality awakening in the late 1800s, early 1900s, that, uh, and then there was the whole um, evolution being taught in public schools, and the pushback on that, and hmm. that's, a, that's a long discussion there, but that's um, where a lot of this more concrete ideas around spirituality came from. Yeah, um, okay. And if you look back at more of the ancient religions, uh, from the things I've read and people who spend their lives looking into this, they will, they'll tell you that the older, older practices of Judaism, they, they had, they had the practice of you, you would not name the name of God. 
lest you take it and try and encapsulate it within your own understanding. Oh, wow. And that there was a danger in that. And lo and behold, here we have this danger. Wait, in not naming it? There was a danger in naming God, like even saying the name, because then you become familiar with it and you then bring God into your own understanding to a degree where you start to uh, have God emulate what you think it should be. Right, 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 yep. And, and that's a really interesting thing to me. And, well, that you know, actually brings up a really good point because I just discovered in, uh, you know, a, a topic that I never really noticed before is, is the difference between hope and faith. And, ooh, interesting. Um, yeah, and, and like I, I cast away faith years ago, faith meaning a belief in a doctrine. That's, that okay. to me was Your what faith, faith was. Yeah. Whereas hope, you know, I believe that we couldn't exist without hope. I, I think we would live in despair and, yeah, and, no, and I don't think we could thrive without hope. So I think, you know, you're, you're struggling with this idea of, of whether it's a God or not. I, th- I think that's human. I think you, you, you're holding on to hope. And if you don't hold on to that, what do you have? You know, so yeah. I, I, I think we all have to carry hope somehow just to get through the day and get through life. And, but, um, I think it's just a, a different nomenclature, really. I, yeah. I think we're always we're probably talking, you know, with the audience out there who are very faithful. Um, I think we're probably talking about the same thing. It's just a different perspective, is all. Yeah, and I, I think that's the thing that you and I seem to have intentionally stepped back from was this idea of hope turned into tribalism. You know, that's kind of what I see religion as. Oh, you take hope and yes. you say, let's, let's put this yes. into a box so we can package right. it. And this is the only way to, to, to go about things. And, right. and then, and, and then we've yeah. got it. Right. Exactly. And then and the, yes, only us. well, then it's us and them thing. You yeah. know, it, to me that yeah. the, 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 <laughs> there's so many problems with the us and them mentality. And I know it's probably a survival mechanism. Hmm. You know, I think we needed that in order to protect ourselves from other groups, you know, yeah. back in the stone age. But um, I think it's a carryover that's not doing us a service as a community anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, there, there's um, a lot of breakdown of a worldview will happen mostly when you interact with people that you respect but are vastly different than you. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I think it's all about education. Again, you're, you're sparking these personal connections with with what used to be them, you know, mm-hmm. and then all right. of a sudden them is is us or right. we and it's right. like you know that changes everything at that point um you know and i get it i think you know we fear is you know a survival mechanism you know and mm-hmm. i think it served us well over the years to at least survive but we don't need those things anymore you know no, we no. we I mean, or at least not a lot of you know not off not as much as i think we have in our dna right and you know how do you unteach your dna sometimes is it's is the hard part yeah but, i think that's what we're we're mainly going through right now and especially with the connectivity of social media yeah and the internet age and just information is so widely and evenly distributed now that yeah, it's, it's, how can you live in such a bubble yeah know? exactly so is, yeah. as much as i hate going around and seeing everyone <laughs> like this you know the, the upside is that we have a lot more dissemination of ideas if that's the right word. Uh, yeah no i i agree and and you know a lot of people i talk to they say you know the world is just in a horrible place right now you know i i agree to some extent and, and right. other I, I almost feel like it's just because we're we know these things now i mean people you know 
aggressive the same thing. Like it's always men been have always years. been there, you know, and I'm not going to name names, but they've always been there. It's just that now we, we, we know what they're up to. We know the horrible things they can actually do. Right. And the stuff that gets clicks or stain on the news are the horrible things. Yeah. It's not as much. Right. Fun. Exactly. Exactly. Although so. I am a huge sucker for the, like the soldiers coming home and reuniting with yeah, their kids or, you know, the, the someone helped save a mouse from getting run over, you know. I, I oh, yeah. You, I, well, that, it, and we, we, why not? You know, those are great stories. Right. You know, I'm always a sucker for the puppies on the on Facebook. So <laughs> puppies and we kittens, all, man, people. <laughs> they get me every like, time. Just zone everything else out. <laughs> I'm just going to look at some kittens. And I know I like, I on some of the videos that I've done, the more humorous ones, I've used that as an example of like, everyone's just checking out and only, you know, but like, I find myself, like I go by and I'm like, oh, that is kind of cute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so in sharing your main live talk, mm -hmm. you, you had expressed when we spoke on the phone that you've had a lot of p contact with other individuals in the same situation that yeah. you've been able to help and give hope to without divulging any personal information or anything like that what are the stories you can share of how it's helped others you're yeah. sharing your experience i mean i knew it was probably going to get out there to a certain extent i had no idea i mean there's eleven thousand views on that video wow. and they're from I, I get calls i still get calls from all over the country um even canada so i guess you know you can international, international. but um you know, and again, I had mentioned before where it's like you're being in, you know, as soon as you, you're, you're in a room full of closeted gay men in our generation, it's like you, you, you know, you were in the foxhole with them and you have right. this instant bond. Same thing applies. You know, these guys will reach out to me and, you know, they're like four steps behind me oftentimes, you mm. know, five steps further behind me. And, um, you know, and they're just, they don't know where to go. There's Because no, I was there. The, who do you talk to when you start realizing all these things? You certainly can't talk to your, your wife about this stuff. I mean, when you're just trying to, like, piece things together and, you know, it's like, who do you go to? You know, and, and yeah. we didn't have internet as, uh, you know, when I, way, way back to, to really, when I really could have, you know, put some pieces together. So it wasn't until recently, but you know, internet, social media all helps now because people can reach out. And that's what they were doing is they'd see my video. Uh, however way, I think it was shared on, on like the gay dads group. Um, there was another gay, uh, uh, national group that was shared and, you know, every now and then I'll get pops of, of you right. know, messages. Cause right. all of a sudden it was a shared on its big group. And oh my God, you know, you, you, you hear the stories and it brings me right back to these, the, the times when I was struggling myself and, uh, you know, suicidal feelings. It's, 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 oh, yeah. it's, it's almost like you, you, you can't run into another gay man who, you know, who hasn't had those feelings. It seems I'm sure that there are out there and they're out there, but you know, most people I talk to have gone through periods where they were suicidal, you know, and these yeah. are the guys and they're, and they're, in the, they're at that point, you know? So, I mean, this is like heavy stuff coming at me. You know, and I'm, I'm, I feel like every word sometimes is, is, you know, I've so got to be careful, on it. you know, yeah. so, you know, it, it, it you know, I, I can't get into the details and it, they're, they're as varied as you, you would think they are at being different stages, different scenarios. Some, some wives already know, but it doesn't make it any easier. You know, it's some are just dealing with their, their, their parents. Um, but it's just, it's an amazing situation. And I think, uh, being a gay dad, you know, having been in the closet, I think that brings about different uh, types of issues. And I think that's what 
you know, they're the ones that are reaching out to me. It, they, they tend to be closeted gay men right. uh, who, ha- who have kids. And, um, you know, and I just try to give them, you know, some of my experiences, but I also try to make sure that they have somebody in their lives that they can, they can talk to. That's like the first thing I have to mention is, you know, please reach out, keep, keep reaching out, keep talking, keep questioning, uh, anybody you can, you know, who Mm. will offer an ear because, uh, it's a critical point. Oh, huge. Uh, especially I, do you find that it coincides with midlife? Because I, uh, I, I don't think it's any small coincidence that I've, uh, more openly said, I have to deal with this, uh, these issues of belief around 40 and, yeah. and my good friend, Caleb Johnson, who's, uh, you know, gone through the same process that I, I think there is something about that midlife, like, all right, I've, I've done this for 40 years or however, and there's problems with it. Am I going to just bury this and live with it? Nope. Can't do You realize, I think I can't. Yeah. Bury well, this. I think when you're younger, you feel like, you sort of set whatever path you have envisioned for your life, and you th- there's no reason why you 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 would think that you can't stick with that. You know, even mm-hmm. even if it's some of it's manufactured, it's not truly you, but you have this vision of where you want your life to go. And and I think most people set out thinking they can achieve that and and just honor it and and be that way. Right. But you're right. I think as as you get older and you start you know weighing out what's important in your life and what's not and. You, you, you just get a different perspective on, on life in general. And it seems to happen right about that time. Yeah. I think by then you've, you've established a career, you've got kids, you know, you're, you're okay. Then you look around and it's like, okay, is this it? Is all right. This... It's, it's kind of like you've done all the work to get to kind of a little bit of a plateau and you're, you're on a little bit of a, like you have, you can stop pedaling for a second. Yeah, you're like, exactly. Wait a minute, I've got issues. Yeah. It's like, something I need, just doesn't some feel right. Still. I need to deal with. Here. Yeah. And at that point, I think most of us thought that at that point we would feel like we've arrived. This is yeah. this is where I wanted my life. And when we all get there, it's like, well, something's just not right. Whether you know, the, it could be whatever. You know, we all come from different backgrounds. But I think you're right. At that age is when we start questioning. Right. You know, if this life is, if we're leading this life the way we in, mm. pr- intended and right. want out of it. So, uh, two points of advice that I'd love from you. For one. Um, anyone out there who would be in a, in a religious culture like mine, uh, just, or, you know, conservative Catholic culture, whatever, uh, that, that what advice would you give to people who are in that, that are gay, Mm -hmm. uh, that are struggling with, you know, what do I do? Or the people that have loved ones who themselves are not gay, but their loved one is going through this, be it there wife, their husband, mm-hmm. their son, their daughter. What, what is your advice to both sides of, of that equation coming from, from that? Well, I'll speak directly to one guy who just recently called me. I mentioned uh, this guy from Texas. He's actually in his 30s. And um, his community is his church. You know, it's just... The it's, South it, is big. The, ah, exactly. And, and he, there, there is nothing else outside of that. There's a it's lot all of in progressive one. churches... Uh, yeah, his is, up. yeah, but he, he's in a small town and this, yep. and this is it. Um, and for people like that, you know, the, 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 he reached out to me, you know, there was nobody in his community that he, he felt he could, Maine, he had to go to Maine, yeah. but, but you know, social media that yeah. you can yeah. reach out to people now. 
And whoever, you know, if you're out there, whoever you think might be able to help, just reach out for them. Just start talking. You may not even know what to ask. You may not even understand where you're at. You just start somewhere. But if you're not feeling right, there's something's wrong and and you're just questioning things, just just talk. That to me is the biggest thing. Somebody that you can trust and, and just vent. You know, as long as you can vent, you know, then, then you're, you, you bring you yourself back feedback, to a, yeah, and then you, you can start thinking on your own again. But when you, you start, when things build up, your brain's not working the way it should be. You're, it's mm, like that, yeah. that fight or flight and your, your, you know, your, 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 your brain capacity is not thinking like rationally like it normally would be because it's, it's on the verge of, of, of running, you know, or, right, or, or attacking right. or something. But, and that's the case with everything. I think, you know, I tell my son that. You know, when he gets upset with something in life, he just, you know, stay cool. Just bring it back down, however way that is. Right. And that's what I'm, that's when I, that's reaching out to somebody I think brings you there. And then to me, most people can handle most things in the present. You know, like once you bring yourself down off of a, of a heated moment, once you're back in the present moment, I I feel like we can, we can really make good judgment, good decisions, um, you know, and it certainly helps with the, with other people in the conversation too. Now, for the people who are, um, you know, are observing this, you know, it's like uh, they're they're part of a church. They know some people who who are gay, and they're kind of trapped in there. Uh, reach out to them. Just, I mean, I know you can't you can't go up to somebody and ask them, "Are you gay?" Um, you know, <laughs> that's, that wouldn't work. But you know, just be there for them. Like, you know, I, I just you know, I just notice you're you're not you know, you just seem off a little bit. Is there something you want to talk about? That right there shows compassion. And, and when people know that there's compassionate people around them, it just, it just feels better. And again, I think, you know, that's doing them probably, you're not preaching to them. Do not like tell them this is what they need to do. This is when you need to do it. Cause that, that to me is the worst advice. Um, it, it's going to, it doesn't work, you know, it just puts you on the defensive and then, and then you don't know where to go from there, but it, it's just open yourself up and, and they will come around somehow, some way, don't push the issue when they're comfortable. They'll, you know, they'll talk. Now, what about people that, that might be watching this or listening to it, uh, that have this religious view, spiritual view still that God, you know, I mean, if you take some of the Bible's passages literally they're pretty bad <laughs> but lo and behold there wasn't even a term for homosexual i know james version and that's amazing a yeah discussion in itself too but the people that take the bible literally uh and apply it literally from one culture to now this culture mm-hmm. and say nope you're gonna burn in hell like there's a hell don't you know no i know you i know. know and like how do you what what would your advice be to them if they're you know they're not going to hear you unless they're at least in the somewhere in the back of their mind thinking i don't know maybe i'm wrong on this i'll i'll listen to what someone has to say on it what would be your advice to them to 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 approach reconsidering that issue it's great um first of all there are so many narcissists out there you know and i think narcissists have their own beliefs and you cannot change their beliefs there's nothing you can do as far as i'm concerned if a narcissist has a certain view so unfortunately um i think and you know i hate even saying this but i think they're a lost cause i don't think there's changing 
there's a group of people that you will never change their mind. They're, they're adamant. Because really, you know, the Bible has very, uh, tons of conflicting M- oh, yeah. messages and passages yeah. that don't apply to today's world. I'm going with love fundamentalist. It, love fundamentalist. I'll, I'll oh. go fundamentalist on love. I'm going to try that and see how it works. Wait, what do you mean? Like, I'm fundamentally... That's where I'm going. Love. That okay. It. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, right, right. If I'm going to be a fundamentalist about there, there we go. Right. Okay. Why don't we just choose that? That's Bible right. Talks about that. We'll go there. That's right. You know. So I. You know. I. I think people. You know. Again, if the more people that they know that are on the margins and they get to know them, I think the more empathy they'll have if they're capable of empathy. Narcissists are not capable of empathy. Mm. So. There's, like I said, there's that, and there's a lot of them. So I think, I think there's nothing you can do with a certain population there. And they're probably the ones that are the most vocal. So I have a theory that, that there are so many, you know, dedicated, truly faithful religious people out there who don't buy into a lot of this stuff. They, they do maybe on the face value of it so that they can fit into the community. But I, I, I That's have hope. I have true. hope that, or at least in my perspective, I feel like they question it. They just feel like they can't admit that they're questioning these things. What about the advice of maybe like, all right, find if, if let's say I'm coming, let's say me maybe 15 years ago, still thinking that, well, well, gee, I was raised in this church and they have a pretty adamant view about homosexuality. It's, it was, it was, it was kind of a pandering view of uh, love the sin, love the sinner, hate the sin. Yes, you can right. come and worship with us, is, but you'll never hold a position of authority at all in the church. Yeah, it's or garbage. Else. It's right. Yeah, and so they had that position. Say me, fifteen years ago, thinking like, uh, you know, they've got this on lockdown. Hence, I I have it on lockdown, I guess. But it doesn't seem right. right. If I could have at that time gone and found a gay person that I respected enough to listen to their opinion i mean obviously there's horrible gay people out there oh yeah there's oh yeah straight exactly right so you know we can we can cherry pick our horrible people (laughs) but find find someone who's gay that is a good person that you respect just as a person and and leave their sexuality out of determining that if you're of that position and then just go go out to dinner with them and talk to them as a person and just talk to them and and be their friend and see you know, acquaint yourself with someone outside of your circle of what you think you know. Yeah. And see if you still have that same opinion. And well, for uh, some people that would probably be difficult, you know, to, to, to reach out and actually invite themselves out. Um, I mean, those who can do it, great. But for instance, I went to, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Boston Spirit Magazine. It's sort of the, the gay center uh, uh, publication for the Boston area. And yep. they had a, an executive networking uh, night last week. And the keynote speaker uh, was Kristen Beck, who uh, is, is, was a Navy, Navy SEAL. And uh, she has since transitioned to a woman. I didn't, you know, I know, tr- I know some transgender people. I don't know their deep down stories, you know, like... I, Having that 25 minutes of Kristen speaking, I had goosebumps. You know, I, I, you know, it's just exposing yourself to these stories, like you were saying, you yeah. know, whether, whether it's in person or even just going online and, and listening to, to other podcasts, other people who have my video, you know, it's like 
there's a lot out there on on social media on the internet and i think if if they just reached out and 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 watched a few of those few documentaries um i think they're gonna they're gonna see they're gonna feel that there's a person behind that label and i think once they do that then I There's think they're on their way. There with the right. same hopes, dreams, fears, exactly. and everything else exactly. that has to live in the same human skin that we it all It becomes do. us and we, you know, that's, yeah. that's all, that's everything across the board. To me, us and we are like the most beautiful words. And I think if we can change our thinking about fear and, you know, them and, and all that, I think we're, we're going to be a, a phenomenal society. Yeah. It's gone by very quick. Man. But is there anything you'd want to share with them to um, be, uh, what do they call that, when they send someone to another country? and Ambassador, ambassador yeah. You know, I have my struggles. I've got three amazing kids. Um, you know, I lived a very normal life, whatever the heck that means. You know, like as far as somebody from the outside looking in, it wasn't right. a deviant lifestyle. It was, it was a real, authentic. I know so many beautiful gay men who have adopted kids, I mean, we're, we're just like everybody else, you know, not, not everybody, you know, like you said, but you know, the, 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 the percentages are the same. We are just all part of the same group, you know, and, and it's, it's one more thing that just separates us needlessly. Right. Well, Brian, thank you again so much for, I mean, sharing your story. This has been great. Yeah. Well, thank you for letting me share it too. I mean, you're, you're doing me a a favor as well by getting my, you know, whatever experience I have out there and hopefully helping somebody who's, who's watching. Brian Baudet, thanks again. And thanks for watching and listening and we'll see you next time around. Thank you. Thank you.